In a single week, Ukrainian society has been devastated and an entire population has mobilized in resistance to the invading forces. This episode of the podcast concentrates on the Shakespearean scholars of Ukraine, who now find themselves on the front line of a war. There is no bread, there is no food, there is no medic medication, nothing is there. I could not stand aside watching the suffering of my people. Residential areas are being shelled. Impossible to believe what is happening. For me, it's too, too difficult to leave the city, to leave my land. I'm staying because I'm staying, because that's my land and I don't want to leave it. This is such a throwback to the Soviet period, to the Stalinist period. Fear, anxiety on, on a daily level, hard to sleep, um, helplessness, anger at the injustice. Why are these civilians being targeted? If Russia invades us, there will be no question for Ukraine either to be or not to be, because it will mean not to be. Shakespeare scholars inside Ukraine have joined hands with colleagues from academia and theatre around the world to launch an international appeal for money to help where it's most needed. Any act of kindness can change the life of Ukrainians, can change the life of re refugees, also of those people who are helping them. The need is going to increase, so please, if you're listening to this and you haven't donated already, please, please do. The Ukrainian Shakespeare Centre was set up in 2009 as a focus for study, events and international academic cooperation. It's in Zaporizhia, in the south of the country, which now finds itself only a few tens of kilometres from the invading Russian army, near the nuclear plant which has just been attacked. Associate Professor Daria Lazarenko. Right now, Zaporizhia is very close to the front lines and um, the situation is really dramatic because Zaporizhia nuclear power plant has been seized uh, by the Russian troops. Ukraine is standing strong at the cost of a lot of victims. The residential areas are being shelled. They are being destroyed. Every day, the situation is getting worse and worse and worse. Associate Professor Victoria Marinesco has become one of the hundreds of thousands of civilians who are doing what they can to help out on the ground. Something like five to seven settlements around Zaporizhia do not have phone connection, they do not have light, there is no bread, there is no food, there is no medic medication, nothing is there. At some point people will starve, actually. Professor Natalia Tokut is the president of the Ukrainian Shakespeare Centre. Today my son is in the Ukrainian military forces and his two little children are with me and my husband, and we are trying to do our best to, 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 to be active in this situation. And um, that's why we started our Shakespearean, it, it's quite possible to say, Shakespearean campaign. I could not stand aside 
watching the suffering of my people, of children, of my colleagues. And when my wonderful colleagues from all around the world, I mean, she experienced, asked me how they could help, I realized that together we could move mountains. Working with organisations such as the Shakespeare Institute in Stratford, renowned Shakespearean actress Kelly Hunter, who heads the Flute Theatre, has been helping coordinate the appeal in direct cooperation with Natalia Turkut. So on Thursday the 24th of February when the war started, I sent her a message of my support straight away that night. We then heard Natalia was trying to raise money because her son had enrolled in the army and he didn't have any gloves. And the thought of Natalia's son enrolling in the army with his hands so cold that he couldn't do what you need to do when you're in the army and needing gloves and needing a blanket just fired me up to do something. We created the campaign on our website and on social media, explaining that the money will go directly to her bank account in the Ukraine. She will be able to take that money. She will be able to go and buy medicine, baby food, food, gloves, blankets, wet wipes, batteries, torches, the practical things that no one has that people from the street defending their country need right now. First of all, we help civilians providing them with medical supplies, baby food and warm clothes. Secondly, we are trying to support Ukrainian scholars who need uh, help, people who are involved in the territorial defense by supplying them with medicines, warm clothes, food products and tools. So far, we've raised 4,345 euros. That money has gone straight into her account. Natalia is infinitely grateful, as I am, to anyone who will now spend the next five minutes going, okay, I'm going to get to Flute Theatre website, which is www.flutetheatre.co.uk, and the details are right there. Daria Lazarenko. Uh, What I'm witnessing is amazing. People from all over the world are offering their help and their support, uh, sending money, um, doing whatever they can, campaigning, uh, organizing all kinds of programs to help the refugees and to help those who have stayed in Ukraine. These Shakespearean scholars have dedicated their whole lives to a progressive mission, to explore the rich history of engagement between Shakespeare and Ukraine. Shakespeare's plays, especially Hamlet, have become inextricably intertwined with the idea of freedom and independence for Ukraine. Shakespeare has always been a special author for Ukraine. Shakespeare is a kind of a mirror for for our national identity, but also for our European identity. Every new generation had its own Hamlet, and we have new translations today, new translations of the famous to be or not to be speech. And if we talk about to be or not to be, now Ukraine faces this question in a very acute form. Associate Professor Daria Moskvitina. If Russia invades us, there will be no question for Ukraine either to be or not to be, because it will mean not to be. We are ready to defend ourselves, to defend our freedom, uh, our independence, our land, our principles and our 
peaceful and happy life. Daria has made her own decision to stay in Zaporizhia. We have air raid uh, sirens uh, twice or thrice a day, so we all go to shelters and we can hear explosions. For me, it's too too difficult to leave the city, to leave my land, to go. I'm staying because I'm staying, because that's my land and I don't want to leave it. Ukraine has has chosen to be to be an independent country, a democracy, a part of Europe. And now we are protecting our right to be. Now Europe has to choose to be or not to be, because Putin will not stop at the Polish border. And we need your help today to be able to keep fighting for Europe as we know it, for our democratic ideals, and humanistic values. Professor Michael Dobson of Britain's Shakespeare Institute is part of the international coordination for the Ukrainian Appeal. And the Ukrainian Shakespeare Centre, it's a remarkable group of enthusiasts who regard Shakespeare as part of Ukraine's participation in Western European culture. Uh, And the Ukrainian Shakespeare Centre has been um, rediscovering the country's past. The Ukraine had Russian translations and a sort of Moscow-centric education imposed on it for years, I mean, intermittently for centuries. Um, You know, they had a Ukrainian language theatre closed down by the czars at the end of the 18th century. Um, They weren't taught, really, that there'd ever been serious Ukrainian translations of major world literature. Shakespeare has played an important part in the national struggle against the repression of the Ukrainian language and culture. Professor Irena Makarik has researched a story which stretches all the way back from the current crisis to the 19th century, when Ukraine was under the grip of the Russian Empire. Trying to translate Shakespeare in this time is a revolutionary act. And in 1882, Mikhail Steritsky decides he's going to take the plunge and he's going to translate Shakespeare. He's really very keen on allowing Ukraine to have its own voice, to express its independence, uh, to be part of the larger uh, world cultural table. These early Ukrainian translations were never allowed to be played professionally in public. After the Russian Revolution, Ukrainian theatre director Les Kerbas wanted to be the first to perform Shakespeare on the professional stage in the Ukrainian language. Simply by having that first performance, a professional performance of Shakespeare, was the same as declaring Ukrainian independence. After the Soviet army was expelled from Ukraine by the Nazis, the first Ukrainian production of Hamlet finally took place but under horrific circumstances for the country. Daria Moskvitina. The first stage production of Hamlet was made in a very specific time, very resembling uh, the times we have been living for the last 10 days. I mean, it was war. It was uh, in 1943 in Lviv, which then was occupied by the Nazis. The play dramatised the horrors that the country found itself in. Hamlet's speech included a coded message to the audience. And it's spinis i dumai, which means stop and think about this. It's not in Hamlet, of course. Stop and think. Are you going to just let these Nazis roll over you? Uh, Is it better to arm yourself? 
Is it better to be silent? But it's a call to arms. It's a call to freedom of spirit. It's um, a call to oppose propaganda. It's a call to, to speak out, even though the cost might be great. To be or not to be today uh, means different things for different people. Daria Lazarenko. Everyone can find uh, their own meaning. Everybody needs to look for a new scenario, how to live, how to live in this new world which has changed overnight. Last week, the radical theatre group Tan's Laboratorium rewrote Hamlet's speech and circulated it on Ukrainian social media. It's read for this podcast by one of their members, Alexander Lebedev. The choice of whether to stay or to flee, to become a refugee or to fight for your home is one facing every person who lives in Ukraine. And the question remains active. It doesn't disappear. It addresses the core of being European today. It is a question of an existential nature. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against the sea of troubles and by opposing anthem. In 2017, Alexander and his colleagues performed To Be or Not To Be with a confused actor torn between speaking it in Russian, Ukrainian, English or street slang, dramatising the conflicts tearing the region apart. When we played, uh, played with the text, words of uh, William Shakespeare, Chibuti, Chinebuti. Mixture of languages. <laughs> Having once considered Hamlet's question on stage, this week... Alexander and his colleague Larissa Venediktova have been forced to consider it in their own lives. The day that war broke out, they decided at first to leave their homes in the capital, Kyiv. We just ran. <laughs> yeah, and uh, after a few days, uh, we realised that uh, maybe it's not right. <laughs> and we have to, we have to, uh, to come back and uh, fight or to help fighters or to do something here because it's our land, it's our country and our city. They've now returned to Kiev to find a way to help their country. To be or not to be. Yeah, to fly or not to fly. Yeah, the, the, the gravity of uh, this, this question, to fly or not to fly. But so I was thinking about how important is this question for probably for, for every, every Ukrainian now. Last month, as Putin's forces gathered to attack his country, the Ukrainian ambassador to Germany said, it's all or nothing. It's a question of life and death. It's to be or not to be. Ukraine has, has decided to be, and the only thing we can do is support the Ukrainians in this choice, support their choice to be, to live, to be Ukrainians, uh, to live on their land. And every single act of kindness, uh, kindness, every little word of support matters. All of them are important, and together we are building a huge uh, and wonderful net that keeps protecting us all uh, from this existential dread. My thanks go to the Ukrainian musical group Balaclava Blues, who've just released this song. It's called Shelter Our Skies, and it's an urgent plea for the international community to help Ukraine. 
All details of how to help the appeal set up by Professor Torcutt and run by Kelly Hunter are on the links attached to this podcast. Of course, Shakespeare matters. Even amidst the, uh, the darkness, even uh, sitting uh, many hours in the shelter, you can still read Shakespeare, you can still quote Shakespeare, you find uh, some energy, some encouragement, and so on and so forth. So Shakespeare is always Shakespeare, that's poetry. I believe that in some weeks or in some months, I do believe that we will meet in Ukraine, maybe in Kyiv, maybe in Kharkiv, maybe in Zaporizhia one day. And Shakespeare will always be our common shared value. We will be able to discuss Shakespeare again and everything will be okay. Thank you very much.